Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode since our return after our hiatus. Hi everyone, we are back. Black Women's Hour is back. So much is happening. And um, give us some feedback, please. Do you like the fact you can see all three of us on the screen at once? Or can your eyes not take it? Do you want us to go back to the individual camera where you can just savor one of us at once and then it switches over to the person speaking? Let us know. I like it like this because you can see Aisha trying not to laugh. How's your Hello. week, ladies? And Monday is our day. Monday is our new day for Black Women's Hour. It is our regular day for Black Women's Hour. So you could have had a great weekend and be going back to work and be upset and you'll have us. Or you could have had an awful weekend and your week starting again and you have us. In all circumstances, you have us every Monday. Aisha, how's your week been? Um, my week's been good, actually. Yeah, I did some um, professional like work things where I had to go to an office and had like a nervous breakdown about what pe people wear to offices now. Like, what do people wear to offices? Like, what do you wear to go to that London? Like, I know you guys are like London people and always go there, but I'm a provincial. And just the thought of getting off at like Victoria or London Bridge scares the living daylights out of me. So, um, you know, you know how Londoners are. They're always walking past the person standing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking to you. To you, Willie. With you know the person standing at the tube map, going like, uh, "That's me." And there's all Londoners tutting and like barging past you. Um, but yeah, no, I was laughing at Elaine's face. I'm in between the two of you because I lived in London a long, long, I lived long in London, time. Most but... of my life. Oh, did you? Yeah, a long oh, time I, ago. Anyway, when I go back there, sometimes I think I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Sometimes I do. Definitely during lockdown, I was glad I didn't live there. Look at Elaine. Look at look at the eyes going. I'm, I was glad I didn't live there in lockdown. I really was. Um, Excuse me, yeah. after Pie Gate last week, Elaine can be less judgmental from her little spot no. on the top of the screen right now. Okay, because like, you're cussing my city. And I'm going to just say, right, I'm going to just say that there was a tweet that went viral and ended up getting published because one of our Twitter friends asked about the things that give you the ick about London. One of my things that give me the ick about London is people like you. You know what? You immigrants who come here and criticise my city. And I can't take it. All you provincial people. I cannot take it. London is the best place on earth. Where else can you go? Or you can walk down the high street and you can get jollof rice, you can get curry, you can get plantain or plantain if I'm going to be bilingual. You can then go out and you can meet the Brazilians. How much, you is, your how much is your plantain again? Isn't it something like £2.50 for three? No matter because oh, of the... Don't bring that up because it's like because £4 for one where I live. I can then go next door to the next shop. Because we don't have to worry about thinking about how we've got to come into London. London is a place where I know that Ikea is like my corner shop. TK Maxx is like my corner shop. And you guys have got to make plans oh, to go shopping. TK Maxx is me this week, you know, because that's why shop and I have always gone to their sales. And you guys are liars. I'm going to say that. You guys are liars. I, I, didn't, know it, I didn't know what happened about TK Maxx. So oh, we're going to come on to it. We'll talk okay. about Prince Harry in a minute. Um, can I just divert a little bit onto how much is Aki where you live? Because around here... Oh, yeah. I don't know how much Aki is. It's free on the ground in Ghana, but I don't buy it. I'm not Jamaican. Are we that? in Ghana now, though? I mean, like, no, I, don't I don't know. I've never cooked it. I'm not going to say. You've I never cooked Aki? Why would I have cooked Aki? I don't know. 
Why not? I don't. If it's to if it grows in Ghana, you must have ackee dishes in Ghana, no, right? No, they just like give it to goats and cows and stuff to eat. It literally just like grows there. You see how DSIS for awards can just start just like that. You see how thinking? they can, how you yeah. could just come to two Caribbean women sitting there I like was like, like, and feed it to goats <laughs> and cows with those. No, it's just there. There's like certain things that like just grow that are just there that you just people that people don't really eat. I do like talking about Aki like it's a damn rhododendron bush, you know. Like goats just go chew on it. Not like it's expensive as hell and gorgeous. Delicious. It's expensive because of tropical sun. Yeah, them people. But I like salt fish. Uh, but I can't cook it. I'm not going to try to cook it. I know that, like, depending on how you cook it, like, it's a poisonous thing. So I've never been taught to cook it. So if anybody wants to teach me, you could have that as an episode. Teach Elaine how to make Akin salt fish the way your granny makes it. And I'd be happy to do it because I actually really like it. And there used to be a shop in in Bristol that used to have Akin salt fish pizzas, which was delicious. But I've never been taught how to cook it before. So I'm not in the um, interest of not starting a DS4 award, should we mm-hmm. just stop this and restart the recording because of... That whole scenario. <laughs> no, no, Akin Salt, no, it was a Jamaican person who made the Akin Saltfish pizza. It wasn't cultural appropriation. No, so I how just meant goats and sheep. No, no, that's fine. They can come for me. What are they going to do? I've already been blocked on Twitter for saying somebody today that, like, he needed to get, he needed to get good for his masculinity because he didn't, he was questioning his main career thing. I'm fine. I can take it. So, how's my week? My week has been so-so. Um, it's been raining. Um, there have been some good things professionally, bad things personally, but I'm alive. And that's all we can really hope for. We're alive. And you can really Speaking of which, actually, I would like to... Um, I lost a friend very early on this year. And I just think that it's so... If people are feeling... You know, it's just a really hard thing to have to deal with. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a very hard thing to have to deal with. I won't speak on it any further except to say, I hope she rests in perfect peace. That's mm-hmm. what I um, Yeah, so what else... So anything else going on anything that in the news that hit you this obviously we've all been bombarded with prince harry and princess megan uh, and stories about them the book is out last week we spoke about the documentary spoke about the interview but we hadn't spoken about the book i read the book in one day uh i sat and i just thought because i have not read a book completely for a, like when you have a certain loss in your life, I didn't even realize this was a sign, by the way. Oh, this is something someone told me, just in case anyone's listening and they didn't know, because I have like so many books and was constantly buying books and I'm an avid reader, always have been. Mm-hmm. And I even remember when, I remember when I was moving out of London and I remember the episode of Sex City and she's like, why don't I have any money? Oh my God, it's because of all my shoes. And I remember standing there going, why don't I have any money? Oh my God, it's all these bloody books. What am I doing with all this? So I was an avid reader. But apparently, if you have a traumatic incident in your life, it can stop you reading. I did not know that. So mm-hmm. I am very pleased. Um, oh God, you guys knew. You could have told me. No, so I have found it. Especially when I've had to review stuff over the past week, like I can do part of it, or it takes me a long time. And so for me to read that book in one day was like, wow, I'm like literally back to normal now. And I'm really happy for that. So the book is out. We have read it. Um, I don't know what to say. Uh, first thought I I had when I read uh, the book in its entirety was, wow, they hate that man. They hate that man. The press hate that man. Because we spoke about certain things that were apparently said in his book. Um, I did point out, and I said on Twitter, I find speaking about Prince Harry and Meghan 
a very annoying thing to have to do um, with people because I tend to find it's like speaking about Beyonce or speaking about Jeremy Corbyn or speaking about, there's certain figures in this world that what is the point in speaking about them? And actually Beyonce, Jeremy Corbyn and Meghan and Harry are actually people I all like. I like all of them very, very much indeed. Um, and if any of them wanted to guest on the show, they would be more than welcome. We would happily, Beyonce, Jeremy, Prince Harry, <laughs> Meghan, we will willingly accept you as guests, will we not, ladies? Yes, you definitely Absolutely. Absolutely. But there are people in this world who decide that they want to be their unpaid bodyguards, their unpaid PR people, their unpaid, you know what I mean, hitmen. Like, grow up. I like to have adult conversations. So... When it comes to Prince Harry and Meghan, um, I had said, I really hope that he didn't say what the press, but I, the press had already given a disclaimer. They said, oh, we've got the Spanish version. And so some of the translations may be off. I'm not buying that. In this, in 2023, okay, I went to school with plenty, okay? At my prep school, there were so many Spanish kids. They came to learn English. There must be a thousand of one. There's people with one Spanish parent one English parent, you could have got someone to translate that book properly if you wanted to. But what they wanted to do was to say false stuff and not um, uh, and be able to turn around, oh, sorry, we got the translation off. No, you didn't. You knew exactly what you were doing. Can um, I just add that my I'm son goes to a bilingual school where 20% exactly. of the children's parents are native it's Spanish true. speakers. So if they could find that many Spanish people in the locale yeah. that I live in, which is not London, as we know, Elaine, um, then <laughs> you're telling me a publisher could not find a, a genuinely native... No, a newspaper. It's a newspaper. A they newspaper, the sorry. Well, a native yeah. Spanish speaker, a, a native speaker both languages is nonsense. So, and I really hate it because I was called onto a different podcast. Sorry, guys, I wasn't uh, betraying it. I was on a different podcast and commenting on it. And had actually said, like, since this is what they've done, and since they've done this disclaimer, Prince Harry and Meghan have to be really careful. Go, You know what I mean? Like, take note from what they are doing to you. And when, you know, if he does want to speak about misogyny about his wife and stuff like that, to then ensure that he doesn't use the type of language they were accusing him of. It's very hard to have a sensible conversation about Harry and Meghan. I'm literally blocking people at this point now. Um, I have um, very limited patience when it comes to... Uh, the way that people are framing the conversation and the way that people are not acting like they have sense when they discuss it. Because actually, I do think the Harry and Meghan thing and what's happened to them and the, and the conversation that's being had because of them is very, very important. But I just, I, I can't, I can't have childish conversations. I just can't. It you drives me mad. It's because one of the things that I, I found with it is that people aren't really able to uh, or willing to engage in the sort of nuance of it, i.e. I'm a Republican. So obviously when people say, oh God, I can't believe you're wasting all this time talking about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, because it actually brings up itch massive issues of racism in this country. So it, we should be talking about it. But then also, then there's also the element of when he's actually talking about it and he doesn't make the leap between imperialism, colonialism, and the things that he has done himself, things that he has said himself, you know, and actually the fact that he's now an anti-racist campaigner, but, you know, as you um, as you brought up other the, the P word, for example, you know, I mean, you want to speak on that, that he doesn't make the leap between that and 
actual, you know, the fact that he's now an anti-racist campaigner, right? People are annoyed with me for saying, I don't, I don't think he didn't make the link. I think the links he's made are very tentative and they're at, he's at the stage where I would expect him to be at. He's at the stage that maybe I was at at 13. And I'm not saying that to be condescending. And I've said it before about John Barnes. And I've said it about, if this is something that you're just new getting, there's so much to take on. I don't have a problem with, with that. Um, I do think that you have to be honest. Prince Harry said that he didn't, in his book, said he did not know what the P word was. He thought it was like Aussie. So to turn around and say he didn't know the P word was a racial slur, I'm not buying it. The fact that your mother was repeatedly called a P lover was constantly um, denigrated for being with Asian men. That's what's got me going. I don't believe you. I'm sorry, I don't. I, I, I can't believe that you at the age of 38, 39, are having a mother with the history that she had and being called all those names that she was called by your own maternal grandma. That was the last time they ever spoke was when she called his mother all kinds of names, a whore, all kinds uh, for dating Asian Muslim men. I don't believe him. I'm sorry, I don't. And I do think, yes, if you want to speak about anti-racism, you want to speak, listen, we've all said stuff in our past that is embarrassing. We've all said stuff that we don't want to talk about. You could have said, you know what? I, as he said, I spoke to the guy directly and I apologized to the guy directly. Oh, you could have left it at that. But to turn around and say, you didn't know. Mm, no, Harry, sorry, not impressed. No, don't believe him. So for me, with regards to the book, um, I read it differently for me. And, thank, and to go back to your point about um, not being able to complete the book um, when you've got a quasi being grieving, the same thing happened to me during um, final okay. snap the past three years. And so I know like I tried to set myself challenges about reading books about 52 a year, but it's been a bit of a struggle recently to actually be able to do that. Um, because obviously it's about our concentration, et cetera, et cetera. Now, going on to the book, I listened to it on the audio version compared to yourself because I wanted to, I really like to listen to audio books when you're, sorry, I really like to, if an author has written a book um, and it's an autobiography, I like to listen to it from audio to hear the story told from their own words as well. Um, and I, uh, sorry, oh, does he read it? He reads it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he reads it. I mean, it's, it, he reads it in, um, because he's a posh boy. He doesn't speak as fast as me, even though he was born in London in the same hospital as me. He does not speak as fast as I do. And so you could still listen to it at like one times one and a half speed. And it's still not as fast as I speak. And I was reading along with it with the PDF. And the PDF that I was I, reading. I clarify, you sped it up. Yeah, but even so still, that, you know, gosh, you just sped it up just to make it like passable to listen. <laughs> no, because because the thing is that I was reading along with it with the PDF because there's people doing the circulations. But I paid for my audio book, so it wasn't that I was stealing anything because I do believe that you should pay for books. Um, but when I was reading it physically on my Kindle, I was still reading faster than him speaking at one and a half speed. So I don't know how slowly this man speaks in real life generally. But then again, I, I, I know I swallow my words. Um, but I guess because I read it in two different ways, um, 
I can see why he has been ripped into by the people who he has ripped into in his book. Um, I loved the fact that he didn't even bother to name them because what's the point in naming the people that he's named? But those people that he didn't name know it's them because they have decided to rip into him on Twitter, whether it's Mr. Morgan, whether it's the other one, four takes. Those people yeah. know. They, 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 I know his name already, but his name is now four takes on Twitter, isn't it? And so they're aware of what the, what's, what's happened. And they're the ones before the book. And I think what's helped him become a record-breaking book is these people. Because a lot of people wouldn't have potentially wanted to have read the book, but you decided to do all the publicity for it. And so now people who wouldn't have read the book and are reading the book, going out and buying the book, and the money's going to charity. No member of the royal family's ever done a book this intimate. I think that would be a lot of interest as well. Didn't you read the Diana Princess of Wales one with Andrew Morton? But she kept herself one step away from it. Even though she was, we now know that she was involved. He lied for a number of years that she was involved. She lied for a number of years that she was involved. He's come out and put his name to this. Mm. That's the, that for me is the, di is, is the difference. So I think nobody's yeah. ever seen anyone that senior in that household talk the way that he's done in this book, which I think he was always going to sell. Mm. Can I always. ask a question? But he's also the one who I find most interesting because Prince Charles has done a book as well. I'm not interested in, I, not, not even though, sorry, why do I keep on calling him Prince Charles? I mean, He's always been Prince Charles. Yeah, I dead named him. I'm sorry, King Charles, whatever his number three. He um he's written a book. I actually have no desire unless he's going to tell us about all the women's symptoms that he's been involved in, apart from Camilla, because we know he has. It was on the Crown. Fact. Yeah, I think he's an interesting character because he's Diana's son, yeah. because he's Diana's youngest son, and because of, uh, you know, that position that he holds in the household, which spare, as he calls it, yeah. which is a very, very interesting one to have. And I think the fact that he was, I just think it's evil. They portrayed this guy as a drug addict. That was just cold, 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 cold. They let them him as a, as a drug addict to rehabilitate Camilla's um, uh, reputation. What I will say about the book is I did enjoy it. I did like it. I thought that he was honest. I do believe he went he went further than I thought he was ever going to go in that book when he admitted and spoke about South Africa and the treatment that, that South Africans received at the hands of the British. I thought I was surprised. I was shocked beyond shock that he wrote what he wrote about Andrew. I really, really was. And that's why I'm saying I just think that, you know, I think there's a little bit more of a way to go. But I thought the book was good and I thought it was better than what, what they said. And I think what people are doing now, going, oh, he's talking about his todger and whatever. You see, I liked reading it in my voice because when I was reading about his todger and he could smell his mum in the room and then he was going to use his mum's face, the face cream his mum used on his face and everything, I thought, let's stop being stupid. It's a bloody joke. But maybe because I'm, I do comedy. So when I read it, I read it as a joke and I read it in my head and how I would land it if I was telling the story on stage. Now, when I went on Twitter and heard the way he read it, it sounded a bit more deadpan. Do you know what I mean? And so I think I preferred to read it myself as opposed to hearing his voice because I deliver his jokes better than he can. <laughs> and that's why I enjoyed it. But I thought people are being silly now. 
you're just being silly trying to pick up oh my god he's sick oh my god Freud oh my god it was a bloody joke mate he's clearly got a sense of humor so can I just go it. back to the bit that just because this is one of the things that came up when I was reading an article about it a review of it about his um description or he talks about his relationship with Africa and I just you so you said you were felt quite positive about how he talked about what England Britain had done in um Africa and then the, the way he talks about Botswana and things like that, and I just wondered what anyone's thoughts about that were, sort of beyond what you were saying, the admission of colonialism, imperialism, greed, and, you know, violence there. I mean, to me, I think he's... I was going to say, he, he, he does, he did remind me of the people who go to Africa for a gap year, but it's, it's interesting because as somebody of African descent, this guy, me, he spent much more time in Africa than I ever have, and he also... When you, um, even when he started to date Megan, that's like when they had like one of the, the, their first dates and stuff. And so he's definitely first in place the, he took her, wasn't it? And um, it's definitely a place that he feels comfortable being home. He felt comfortable being home in the army, and he felt comfortable being at home in Africa. He didn't feel comfortable being at home in the palaces in the boys' quarters. But don't those two things kind of contradict? being comfortable in the army and then being comfortable in Africa. If you're comfortable, if you apparently understand the nature of colonialism and the violence that goes along with it, but you also feel comfortable doing what he did in no, well, Afghanistan, that, that to me seems like a lack of understanding maybe somehow. I think the comfortable in the army is why he'd have been comfortable at school because quite frankly, these are these people became his family. And I guess that's how I was reading it. It's that, and I, I don't, um, I could never be a soldier. And like, there, I mean, some countries do need to have soldiers and whatever. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the whys and wherefores about the right, um, rights and wrongs of war, Afghanistan, Iraq, or any of those things. But I guess for him, those people in the army were became his, really became his family. Those are his brothers. When you read the book. Before we read the book, I thought that Harry and William were raised like most people I know who've got siblings. But Harry and William, they are as siblings as you and your play cousin up the road because they, they didn't grow up together. You've got a brother who, when you go to school, tells you that you shouldn't acknowledge that you're that's your brother when the whole world knows that's your brother. The whole Wait world. a second, that's what every sibling does to each other. Like, Jesus. That's, that, that, that wasn't weird. <laughs> I was like, Harry, no, who? What? No, like, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm the eldest. I didn't do that to my sisters at school. And, like, even I'm now. <laughs> but the fact is that they I were didn't both... see there was anything wrong with that, actually. I remember when, um, for, say, to answer your question, Aisha, I don't see, I can see why he wouldn't connect. He's not at that level of thinking to go, oh, I'm in Africa. But I enjoy right. being in the army. It's about camaraderie, as Elaine said, mm. and it's about you would feel comfortable at school. I felt very comfortable at school. When I went to boarding school, it was my safe place. It was my place where I could play up. It was my place where I was not around in an abusive household anymore. I was there. And you do build friendships in boarding school that last forever. I would call up my friend Jen. I don't have to have seen her for four years. I have to see when you speak to people who you grew, I mean, like what he said, you bathe together. Like we had a bathroom that had like eight baths in it. I remember you go to school, everyone's got their bath. I was allowed a bath on my own because I was, it was seven baths. I was allowed that one that was tallest, but everyone, it's two to a bath. It's the same way, like when I worked in, in not for me because I was tallest, 
Um, but it was like, Are you so sure you it wasn't just because you were black. <laughs> you sleep with these people, probably that too. You sleep with these people, you eat with these people, you hear them fart at night, you hear them snore at night. You know who wets the bed? Me, it was me. Um, you know who does everything. You you eat together, you you can hear when someone's hungry at night. That living with someone, which is why a lot of boarding school people um can do very well in the army. And the other place they do very well is prison. Um, because it's the same kind of thing. You speak to someone who's had a cellmate, they'll come out and be mates. They'll go, I knew when the deep geezer farted. I knew when he shit. I knew when he wanked. Do you know what I mean? That I get what he's where he's coming from. And because I actually that's do. that's different from a sibling that you grow up with in a, a regular I, when I went household. School, and I mean, I want to just clarify. When that. I went to school, school my, brother, my brother said the same. same thing to me. When I went to Reakin College, I had the same thing. My brother was there before. He said, do not say you know me. Say, that is very, very common in a boarding school or whatever, to go, get away from me, go away. Like when you're, like, because in boarding school, age matters a lot, like seniority matters a lot, and that's how they live, and you can see it throughout political life and how they grow up within every institution. So it's about the army, whether you're talking about police, whether you're talking about prisons, it's about the governors. Everything in this country is done on hierarchy. So for someone sibling to tell you to pee off, when you go to boarding school, it's normal. Absolutely normal. Thankfully, I was never that old a sibling because that just was like, I can't imagine. But fun fact. Oh, I remember. That's why I have no hair that grows here because we had to do this thing where we went up the mountain. Like, we to become a proper Rikinian, you had to go around this mountain and you had to basically climb down. And my brother was waiting. You had to go through the eye of the needle and then you had to come down. And our school did a lot of orienteering and a lot of things. A lot of people from our school went on to go to Sandhurst. Like, there's a lot of army officers that went to our school because um, they were really, really tough on that. And my brother was ahead of me, and he did not want me to know him. So me, like an idiot, thought, there's a landslide at the bottom. And when you get down to the landslide and you hit the bottom, that way is when you become a true Rikinian. And I thought, it's at this angle. But I, was, I thought, I'm sure I could just get down it. Instead of going down on my backside like the way you're supposed to do, I was trying to catch my brother. He was going, go away, I don't know you. And as I thought, let me just run down the landslide. Yeah, that was a mistake. And I just went over, 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 ripped out all my hair. I was covered in scars. And uh, yeah, and my brother had to come back and he had to pick me up and carry me. So that taught him a lesson. So, so in the end, he had to yeah, I get, I get the Harry and William thing. I didn't, I didn't think anything was of it. I'm just but what about later on then? What about later on the way that they he has been to him later on? I mean, you know, it's one thing to be when you're teenagers and you're not, you know, you're trying to sort of forge your own identity. I went to the same secondary school as my brother. We didn't really say hi to each other passing in the corridor. But once we sort of moved out and, you know, we're really close now. But obviously that didn't happen with them. They became more and more and more estranged, which seems as they get older, right? I think it's just their position in life. Like he said, air and spare. And when mm. he said in the interview, when it came to William, why do you think William's doing all that? He goes, he's protecting his birthright. Mm. It's his birthright. That's what he's protecting. And, and and I get why they have gone in the direction that they have gone in. And I understand why Harry's hurt because they did have a really unique bonding experience about their mum. And they sat down as brothers and said, we won't do this to each other, but it is what it is. I completely get it. Can you tell so, 
Did you hear my child? I did. Hi, memes. Love you. Yeah, bye. Hi. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so I get why they've ended up the way that they've ended up. I don't really think that there's anything. I I can see why it happened. I can see why William is the way he is with him. Um, I'm not a William fan. I don't particularly like him. I don't particularly like his wife. I don't really care for either of them. I think Harry has done the right thing. I think they should just go, though. I think they should not come back here. Um, after what's happened, and you put it in the book to you at Prince <laughs> Philip's funeral, after what's happened to you at your grandma's funeral, you're talking about coming back to the coronation, mate. If you're talking about it as banter to wind them up, yeah, I get it. But if you're talking about it seriously, come stop it now. Stop it now. Come back here for what? Why would you do that to yourself or your children That's or your wife? No, but I guess it's another thing as well, though, that they are still his family. And one of the things that, like, when he was humanising his dad, like, his dad called him darling boy. That made me really, that's like, oh, wow. Because I thought that Prince Charles was like... Actually, no, from the, you remember after there was that, there was an interview with three of them. And it, 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 it I don't know how long ago it was, late 90s, early noughties. And it, there was genuine, you yeah. know, father, son you know, jokes and silliness and, you know, the stuff that when you have late teenagers with your parents and it's a generally healthy relationship, they were good years in terms of the amount of laughs I had with both my mum and my dad because all of a sudden you go from being a kid who has boundaries to being somebody who can actually take take the mick a little bit and if your parents are open to it, there's some real genuine sort of joy and love that can be found there and I think that was evident in that interview so that it must be, I mean, super painful to be out out, out of that, I can't even imagine being estranged, you know, at this stage in my life from my parents. Sorry, I'm estranged from my parents, and um, I don't care, they don't um, deserve so you. It's a very different situation. I, I think I get I can kind of get it. I, I never thought of his dad as him, you know, I could see how the relationship his dad's done the parenting his dad knows how to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's I think his dad's done a better job, uh, than his. his I think his dad parented him better than he was parented. Yeah. But I think Megan said it best. She said, what you're seeing here is when a family meets a family business. And that's the difference between them. It's also a business. It's also keeping the monarchy alive. It's also, we need to bring money in. We need to amuse the people. Like, they've got complications in their life that we just don't have. So it's I think ironic it's... Because Megan and that whole thing could have been something that actually really did that. And I've never really got that, that instead of seeing the addition of somebody like her as being an actual potential for positive growth and a reason for the way, staying. Because of the way it operates. What Harry's asking for is not realistic. Harry wants there to be press reform and there to be reform <laughs> between monarchy and the press. Mm. He, it won't survive. So I think Harry is inadvertently, what he doesn't realise, he's inadvertently asking for the end of the monarchy because at the end of the day, if that press relationship, we're talking about people, the relationship to the press between the press and the monarchy is not new. It's not new at all. It's just that we have now, through his mother, through him, through, through people in the press who've got big mouths, we now know more about it than we ever used to know. So I think that basically when it comes to that, I just don't think that that what he's asking for is realistic. I mean, you've got to think about it. The Queen's father, they gave him morphine 
And they gave it to him at midnight so that he would be dead so they could get it into the paper for the six o'clock run. The Shipman cocktail? Yeah. They get, you know, I mean, that's how important the press was. It's like, he's dying anyway, speed it up, give it to him, then it can get to the press and we can have a news story by 6 a.m. Also, I've never got the TK Maxx story, guys. Come on. Basically, um, so Harry got a shopping allowance from his father. And I used to get that from my dad. Thanks, Dad. But it was uh, mostly for ceremonial clothing. So he used to shop at TK Maxx during the sale. Now, because TK Maxx seems to operate in a where they think that they haven't got media press that covered this before, when you had pictures of Harry coming out of the TK Maxx on the, on the High Street Ken, that they mm. tweeted themselves, they decided that they were going to say that they don't have sales. Now, I am on that, even like if the, even if Sussex Squad hadn't found the receipts. I have purchased things I, from yeah. a TK Maxx sale, my very own self. Yeah, and so and and, and that it kind of shows it kind of shows in um, full HD the relationship that the media has yeah. with when it comes to like throwing Harry underneath the bus because the, obviously a lot of the press has made out that he has lots of the stuff that he said in the book are lies and like it's actually very oh what's that word gaslighting in. Mm-hmm. Um, Way, but like if we had not seen it ourselves because we've seen the stories people had seen a tk max tweet we get the emails from tk max but then they say no that never happened and yeah. actually it did absolutely pointless absolutely. Like, but it seems pointless you wonder what the person who's doing it's thinking like oh yeah this is a great idea like, because absolutely. because the, obviously the royal family is not going to respond and so this is them not responding by having their um non-spokespeople Seed stories around the place. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, because I feel like although we are Harry and Meghan's, well, are we fans? I don't know. Would we say we're fans? Oh, I would say that out of all of them, I would, I would go and watch a football game with him. Um, Abba. Would I say I'm a fan? No, I would say I can respect the situation. I know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. And that's it, really. I don't know that I would call myself a specific fan of anybody, to be honest. But I can see the situation. I I believe their version of it, most of their version of it, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Um, yeah, but we we want to talk about something else next week, don't we? Then <laughs> we're gonna like dip yeah, our toes. Yeah, about Harry and Meghan after this. I actually think Harry and Meghan need to go and take a break as well after this as For well. Themselves, they've told a lot, and like Elaine said. They're just getting people to to get their stories and pick them apart and try to make them look like liars. I want them to go have a holiday. I want them to go and have fun with their children. I want them to go and do whatever they want to do. Um, that's, yeah. So that's our, our Harry and Meghan bit. I don't know what is going to happen uh, in the world next week, but we will be talking about it here on Black Women's Hour. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe. If you found out about this podcast from our uh, Twitter feed, please go and follow us. We're at ours underscore woman. Um, yeah, pretty much. We've had a great time. Thank you, Elaine. Elaine, you're going out later. So she's going to go and style her Beyonce hair. She's going to go and do God knows what she's going to do. And I am going to bake donuts with my daughter. Ooh, Have a really good week, everyone. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye.